A thing that looks like a police box standing in a junkyard. It can move anywhere. Maven, concentrate on sin. Give priority to the detectors and the navigation systems. There is a corridor. And the corridor is time. It surrounds all things. On display, I eventually had to go down to the cellar. That's the display department. With a torch. The lights were probably gone. So had the stairs. You are just number six. I am not a number. I am a person. Welcome to British Invaders, episode 428. This is the podcast all about British science fiction television, and this time we are talking about Nobody's House. This is Brian from Canada. And this is Eamon from England. Hello. So this was a seven-part children's television series from 1976 with 25-minute episodes that were pretty much standalone episodes. And we have a fairly familiar story of a modern family moving into an old house and discovering that it's haunted. And the modern family, of course, have got children. The children are going to have adventures with the main ghost and with a variety of old ghosts. And yes, as you say, this is a slightly familiar format, but does some interesting things that we'll talk about as we go along, Brian. Yeah, so let's get into the setup, all right. So as we say, there is this old Victorian house, in fact, called Cornerstones that has stood empty for many years. And in fact, the estate agents have sort of despaired of ever being able to sell it because of its reputation. We meet the estate agent right in the opening sequence of the first episode. Yes, and we also meet the Sinclair family who have decided to escape the rat race and come from London out to the country. And they want to... The father in the family especially wants to start this antiques business, selling antiques. And they decide that Cornerstones is the perfect place to set up where they can live in part of the house and have the front part as their antiques business. And it doesn't take long for them to realize why Cornerstones has this reputation and no one has wanted to live there. Yes, because it's not long that they've moved in and started to do up the place that they notice how objects move by themselves, things get lost and then strangely reappear. There's a fair amount of sort of mischief going on. There's the suggestion from the estate agent that it could be the activities of a poltergeist. We're going to find out a little bit more about who nobody is, whose house this is, and who's causing all this strange mysterious comings and goings yes absolutely so if we run through the family peter sinclair is the father of the family played by william gaunt now best known to us i guess for being one of the three central leads in the champions but he's also he's done loads of stuff brian he's been in the avengers we saw him in out of this world of course he's been in doctor who and here he is playing the father of the house keen to escape his stressful london office job that we hear about briefly and to fulfill his dream of opening this antique shop in the front part of his house yes absolutely and he is not the main character of this but he's sort of an important one because he's driving the reason that they are in this home in the country 
Jane Sinclair, married to Peter, of course, played by Wendy Gifford, who we've seen in Doctor Who and October, also played Dr. Susan Calvin, the Asimov character, in one of the episodes of Out of the Unknown. It was a missing episode called Liar. Not the actor who we saw in the role of Susan Calvin, that was Maxine Audley, but Wendy Gifford had done it as well, and we have her here. And she is both the mother and organizing everything in the in the house and also busy as a nurse at the local hospital so she seems to be doing just about everything in some ways yes and we might talk a little bit about sort of like the modern family of the mid-1970s as depicted in the show later on yes let's round out with the kids now they're going to be important for a kid's show this is the son tom played by Stuart wilde the eldest child and he's the main point of contact initially with the ghost, it would seem. Again, a quite sort of typical, he's, would you say he's in the sort of early teens or in that tween period, I think, Brian? Something like that. Something like that, yes. And a sort of typical mid-70s young man with uh, a slightly longer hairstyle and so on. You know, a fun character in the Sinclair family. And another fun character is Jilly, played by Mandy Woodward. She is his younger sister, although not much younger, and also is in on the secret of this ghost called Nobody. And it's those two kids who are interacting with nobody and sometimes with other ghosts as well. So let's get to nobody himself, the title character, as it were, played by Kevin Morton. Now, Kevin Morton was most notable at the time for being sort of very successful as the younger version of the title character in a series called Sam a long-running drama that had been on TV a couple of years before this show about life between the wars in a Yorkshire mining village, a quite sort of grim and gritty show. Kevin Morton here plays Nobody, the ghost of a Victorian ragamuffin who died, as he says himself, of plague and starvation in a Victorian workhouse in 1864. And we'll learn later on that the workhouse later burnt down and that the Cornerstones house was built on the site again during the Victorian period. Yeah, so we get this idea of a ghost who is bringing us ideas of this working class quite oppressed and you know working in horrible conditions of these types of things happening to this character and bringing us some teachable things where we can learn about some of the less positive things about that era where at the time there were a lot of portrayals that were a little bit glamorized so this is brings us something a little bit different there now as you've said before brian this is an episodic show basically standalone episodes and in that format you will get obviously some guest stars cropping up so we are going to particularly mention brian blessed can't fail to mention brian blessed when he turns up in one of our shows he is in the second episode and then right at the end brian wilde who i know particularly for playing mr barraclough in porridge turns up in the last episode as a sort of ghost hunter so there are a few sort of like notable faces and names along the way as well brian yeah we do get some recognizable names and faces in there for sure brian blessed bringing some of his typical bluster to things another another calm and quiet performance by brian blessed yes and in fact william gaunt's dog also appears as a regular 
and Wally Gaunt is credited as playing the family pet in every episode. So that was interesting, and you see particularly William Gaunt's character playing with the dog quite a bit. I wonder if William Gaunt or his agent said, I want the dog to get an on-screen credit in the end credits. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. So we should carry on with a little bit more of the story and tell you a bit more about Nobody and some of the sort of setup of these episodes. Yes, we should. So there are a number of objects that mysteriously move around, either are in the wrong place or maybe even someone sees them moving, and the ghost finds finally reveals himself to the children when a fire breaks out in the basement. And the ghost can't deal with that and put out a fire, but the children can. So the ghost reveals himself in order to save the house and the people living in it from this fire. And once that emergency is dealt with, Tom and Jilly decide that nobody else should know about this ghostly child. And they don't know the ghost's name. The ghost doesn't seem to have a name or doesn't seem to know his name and they end up referring to this ghost this child as nobody and he sort of refers to himself as nobody he says oh i'm nobody and that leads and as you say the children sort of come to this pact that nobody else must know about him it must be their secret and that leads to this sort of strange and i suppose charming play on words that happens in the show and of course it gives children the sinclair children a sort of degree of plausible deniability when they can you know honestly tell their parents oh nobody did it or, you know, who's to blame for this? Nobody. So that happens sometimes during the episodes, particularly in the sort of early part of the show. Yes, who are you talking to? Nobody, and so on. Yeah. Now, of course, the ghost, as we've seen with the fire breaking out in the basement in the first episode, the ghost proves to be quite a useful presence to the children and will help out with a variety of family problems. In some interesting little scenarios that come up in the episodes where he actually proves to be quite useful and his knowledge about various objects and various bits of history comes out to be quite useful for the kids and for the rest of the family, even though they don't know about him. Yes, absolutely. And he also introduces the children, Tom and Jilly, to a number of other ghosts. There seem to be like a network of them that know each other. And we are introduced to various ghostly characters as nobody is introducing them to Tom and Jilly. And of course, we get the classic children's TV format where the children know what's going on and it's all kept as a secret from the parents. Of course. So we should get into our production now. Nobody's House was produced for ITV's Times Tees Network by Margaret Bottomley. And Tynes Tees was one of the regional ITV broadcasters. I don't think we've talked about them before, but they were covering the northeast of England and Yorkshire. And Bottomley was mainly known as a researcher working on ITV's long-running 7-Up series. This was the one that followed a group of children starting in the 1960s and then came back to them every 
every seven years. And that documentary series, Seven Up, is a remarkable piece of social history that still runs, Brian. It still checks in on them every seven years. Yes, and those are still available and it's still something that people talk about. Mm. Now, the series was written by Martin Hall, who was mainly known for his work on television police shows, and also written by Derek Sherwin, an actor, a producer and script editor, best known to us, of course, for script editing some 1960s Doctor Who and producing the Doctor Who serials in particular, The War Games and Spearhead from Space which of course is an important transition point for Doctor Who. Yes, absolutely. They've moved from 1960s Doctor Who to 1970s Doctor Who, which looked very different. And he was one of the people involved in setting the tone for the early 1970s John Pertwee era of of Doctor Who and bringing in influences of Quatermass, which you've talked about recently, and so on. For the directors, four of the episodes directed by David Green, and then the other three directed by Michael Ferguson, who must have worked with Derek Sherwin because he also directed 21 episodes of Doctor Who, including four of the war games so i guess they probably had a working relationship from there brian yes they would have and yes the war games was a 10 episode epic for doctor who so it was of course broken up between different directors so yeah ferguson was one of them the music was composed by anthony isaac who also composed the very spooky theme for the omega factor which ran a little bit later in the late 70s and nobody's house was filmed entirely on set they did have any location footage for it and it was largely done in the setting of that house yes and of course you've got to for a ghost show you've got to have some special effects for the ghost and the various moving objects and so on brian oh absolutely and they did some practical trickery with uh moving things around on wires and they did some cso green screen type things to put things on and different types of superimposition you know making composite shots and things like that some of the typical types of things you would do there many of them being reasonably effective, I think. And we should note that the sort of playful approach to nobody's, the character's name, nobody, is not only reflected in the actual dialogue for the episodes, but it's also reflected in the episode titles. So we get episode titles called Nobody's Perfect or Nobody's Fool and Nobody Loves Me and so on. They obviously thought they they ran with this idea of the wordplay and kept at it, Brian. Yes, they definitely liked that wordplay a lot and kept going with it wherever they could. Nobody's House was broadcast weekly in a tea time slot on ITV starting on September 27th, 1976. Now, we know it was shown overseas. There's a note on IMDb about the possibility of it being renamed when it was shown in Canada. But that's the answer to that is unfortunately trapped behind the paywall of imdb pro and i don't have that but it's interesting to know it was sold overseas and shown in different markets yes that is interesting i don't know a lot about those overseas broadcasts if anybody does know or got an imdb pro account and can answer that question for me please let me know now that's all we have in the way of production notes not an awful lot about this show's background we do know that martin hall 
adapted it into a sort of tie-in novelization with a sort of cover image taken from the TV show itself. And again, Brian, before we recorded, we were noting that the episodes we've been watching are quite unusual because they, they advertise the book at the end of each episode. Yes, there's a clip at the end of every episode that reminds us that the tie-in novel is available for 40 pence at local booksellers. It is something that was done sometimes, but I think it's the first thing we've covered that included, at least in the versions that we're looking at, that included a clip like that to promote the novelization at the end of every episode. Mm, Fascinating. So let's talk about the DVDs that we've been watching. Here in Region 2, for the availability, we have a network TV DVD release from 2019. £9 gets you the 7 episodes episodes the only thing in the way of extras is perhaps the usual photo gallery which i noticed turns up as well but apart from that it's just the seven episodes we should perhaps just mention that we know we're aware that network tv appear to have gone into financial difficulties and possibly into administration which is rather sort of worrying and ominous for the future of this sort of releases Uh, particularly for a podcast like us that bases a lot of our content on these releases of old programs but we'll keep an eye on that and see what happens yes we do use a lot of network releases for things we cover and it does look like those are going to go away so we'll see how things go with that it certainly is something that will be missed i'll just add that i've checked the cinema paradiso dvd rental site here in the uk and it does not appear to have nobody's house on there at the moment in region one there is no release the region 2 version is available on amazon marketplace at the moment for about 13 dollars us and 17 dollars canadian and that novelization is available in the secondhand markets of course it's long out of print but there are copies of it floating around if you want to find that and if you've read it please let us know (laughs) absolutely let us know if there's anything different or interesting in the novelization so that will wrap us up for the first episode we're going to come back next time and talk a little bit more about some of the stories and particularly the some of the colorful characters that turn up as we go along and we might also talk a little bit about the character of nobody and how this is used not only to inform us a little bit about victorian history but also to say something about the sort of the hard times and loneliness of a child in that area yes absolutely we will also talk about some other ghostly shows and trends that were going on at this time in british television so until then you can find all of our episodes at britishinvaders.com and if you search for british invaders on facebook you can find our group there or you can follow us on twitter we are at brit invaders pod so please say hello and join in on some conversations on the socials and come and join the conversation and the fun at the voice of geeks network where british invaders is a proud member of the network you'll find that and all the information about other shows and various gaming content at vognetwork.com that's the voice of geeks at vognetwork.com absolutely so thank you for listening and this is brian from canada signing off yes thank you very much until next time it's Eamon and England also signing off.